You're listening to the Caught Looking Podcast, a must-listen-to podcast about sports, media, culture, and money. Your host is Jerry Harrison Jr., World Series Major League Baseball champion and current Major League Baseball TV analyst. He thinks he's better looking than he really is. You see, that is a handsome man. But he knows his stuff. Live from Los Angeles. Worldwide distribution. This is the Caught Looking Podcast. And this is Jerry Hairston Jr. I'd like to welcome John Hartong, TV host of Your Show Dodgers and former Dodger GM and current San Jose Sharks Scouts. And also you can find him at Sports LA of being an analyst for the Dodgers. Ned Coletti. Guys, welcome to Caught Looking. How you guys doing? Big J. For having us, buddy. Good to have you guys. You know, you guys, please, I guess I'll start with you, John. Can you give us some hope? Are we going to be able to see baseball in the very near future? You want me to be honest or do you want me to just tell you? (laughs) No lying on this podcast, John. No lying. In the near future, I would say no. I'm still hopeful that we will see baseball at some point this year. But with each passing day, it just seems like the news becomes more and more grim and the outlook becomes more and more bleak. I mean, you look at the PGA Tour and professional golf tournaments in July and Wimbledon, which is late June, early July, that's already been canceled. The British Open is in July. They've already canceled that. So what makes us all think that baseball is going to suddenly be back in early June or maybe the beginning of July? I just don't see that being a real possibility, but things can change. You know, it's one of these things where there's so much uncertainty. We don't know exactly what's going to take place, but I'm hopeful there will be a season at some point. I just don't think it's going to be in the near future. Ned, please tell me. You're going to be a little bit more positive than John. Tell well, me. Probably not, Jay Hare. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a process. I think when you think about social distancing and people saying, well, don't get together with a group that's larger than 10 people, and you typically would know those 10 people. You know their habits. You know what they do. And then suddenly you're going to try and put 50,000 people in a baseball stadium, of which you won't know 49,996 of them. You know, I don't see that happening soon. I see it being a transition. Could I see games played without fans in stadiums? Yeah, I can. Could I see that in a spring training site? Yeah, perhaps, depending on where it's at. But there's so many other factors that go on. And when you think about your career on airplanes, you're in locker rooms, you got buses, you got so much close quarters with 40 or 50 people. You know, I think it's going to be a process. I've been hearing a possible July 4th. Uh, start date. So if we're going to start games July 4th, you would think it'd take the, the players two to three weeks to play. And I know, John, you said you did say they already canceled certain golf tournaments and certain tennis tournaments in July, but possibly with baseball. Could you have games where nobody's in the stands? And if that's the case, is it going to be for a month, six weeks, just to get some baseball or any sports on your TV? Well, Stan Caston was on our show yesterday. He basically talked about it, Major League Baseball, and everyone's telling him, just try not to even speculate because they don't even know at this point. Every option is on the table. If that means they could actually have opening day on 4th of July, which I think would be really cool on our nation's birthday to have our national pastime have opening day, that would be awesome, even if there are no fans in the stands. Now, ideally, what we heard Commissioner Manfred say last week was that they wanted three things to be in place before they would even consider having a baseball season. And one of them was being able to have large gatherings once again. But they did leave the caveat in there that 
if special circumstances are in place, they will consider having games without fans in the stands. But we just don't know when that day is going to be when we will be seeing people in stadiums. I actually think we will have an opening day at some point and there will not be fans there. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that's what's going to happen. You know, just looking at the history of this country, and Ned, I'll start with you. Does this work stoppage of all sports, does it compare to anything else? No, you know, I've been, we've all been through 9-11, that period of time. You know, you can go back in history, world wars, stop seasons for a little period of time. Back in the First World War, there wasn't football necessarily or basketball or hockey or soccer or other sports. Never have all sports been shut down at the same time. And it's almost like, you know, even Christmas Day, you have the NBA, you know, so there's always a sports event pretty much every day of the year. But for the last few weeks and for the next few weeks going forward, there's nothing in history that can can isolate what we're in right now. John, same question. I'll address it to you. I obviously have never seen anything like this before. And Ned's been around longer than me, and he's been around the game of baseball a lot longer than I have. There's just nothing we can compare this to. You know, we read the stories about World War One, World War Two, and the Spanish flu, I mean, over 100 years ago. But, you know, and even the 9-11 thing, Jerry, you were playing at that time. It was a very short-lived shutdown compared to what we're experiencing right now. And, you know, we've just never seen times like this in our lifetime. It's extraordinary, and it's painful for so many people. And it just seems like it's only going to get worse. You know, there's another factor, too, let me interrupt for a second, is that those other events, there was an end to them. We don't know when the end to this is. And again, I think it's gonna, it's definitely going to be a process because I think you'll see games before fans, but even getting together two teams where you've got 50 or 60 people in different clubhouses between the clubhouse attendants, the trainers, the medical, the players, the coaches, the manager, you know, when is that? I mean, that's even, that's five or six times larger than people are encouraged to hang with now. And people are really encouraged to hang with nobody right now. And you got yeah. the two-person limit in some places. And Jerry, if you're having a start date of July 4th, let's say you do have opening day on the 4th of July, what about the All-Star game? The Dodgers have waited for the All-Star game to come back to Los Angeles for 40 years, and Stan Kasten said yesterday they've had discussions with Major League Baseball about the what-ifs, but if you have opening day on July 14th, I don't think you'll have the All-Star game a week or two after that. So he said that a possibility is they push the All-Star game back to whether it's August or maybe even early September or they start the season with the All-Star game, but then you'd have the All-Star game with no fans in the stands either. At least that's the way it seems right now. So there are a lot of things that are up in the air right now about this 2020 season. I think if you're going to have the All-Star game, it has to be sometime in the middle of that season. So like John, you mentioned, let's say we do start July 4th. You probably have to have the All-Star game sometime the first week of September, possibly mid-September, if you're going to have, let's say, a 100-game season. Because you got to remember, the All-Star Game, yes, it's for the fans, but it's also earned. And you can't have the All-Star Game with no fans. I mean, it's a celebration. Or after two weeks of a season. Yes. So maybe on the table, maybe they push every All-Star Game back. And I know you've got cities involved. Do the Dodgers get the All-Star Game in the next season and push the team that was supposed to have the All-Star Game another year? Does that kind of come into play? So I know there's a lot of factors. But you guys mentioned 9-11. I was a player in 9-11 in 2001, and it was a bleak time for our country. Really, the world was kind of at a standstill. But I remember us all rallying around each other, and there was no social distancing, obviously, so we needed each other. We all huddled up together. And for those 10, 11 days, we knew as athletes, whether you're a baseball player or an NFL player, you understand, you know, when we get back to playing again, 
we're needed because it's a sense of normalcy to be on that baseball field and to be on that football field so the fans can go out there and cheer on their heroes and their teams. But there was an end to that. But now, back to normalcy, you guys mentioned, even if we do get back to some of that normalcy, there's not going to be fans in the stands. And you can't have those cheers. But again, it is different. There's no end in sight. And it does seem kind of bleak. So let's get off that bleak subject for a while. Let's envision the Dodgers are back. And we just celebrated uh, the Dodgers striking a deal with DirecTV and AT&T. Now, Dodgers fans everywhere. If you have those services, we'll get a chance to see Dodger content. Great Dodger shows, one-on-one interviews, backstage Dodgers, and of course, Dodger baseball. What does it mean? And I'll start with you, John. What does it mean to be able, as a fan, to be able to see Dodgers 24-7? Well, it's the way that I grew up. I grew up being able to watch the Dodgers on my television and not having restrictions on that. And it's just, Justin Turner said it yesterday. It's something that's long overdue. It's okay for us all to come out there and admit it. But yeah, the blackout is lifted here in Southern California. It's just nice to know that 100% of the people that live here, if they want to watch the Dodgers, they now can because DirecTV and AT&T, that was what was holding it back because you do have certain pockets of cable companies, Cox Cable, Frontier, and other ones where they cannot get the Dodgers on their system, but you can get it on DirecTV. So even if you live in an area where you only have Cox Cable, you can still get DirecTV to get your Dodgers. So it's just great that it's available to everybody. I think the reaction from so many Dodger fans has been, what a great day, because we could all use a little bit of good news during these difficult times. And, and that was delivered with that acquisition or that merger and that deal yesterday. And Ned, how do you feel about that? Absolutely great news when you think about it. You know, it's, um, I can't tell you how many days, whether it was as a GM or, or now working uh, as teammates with you guys, that I would see people on the street or at a, at a restaurant or someplace and they'd say, hey, when are we going to be able to watch the games? When are we going to be able to do this, you know? And it's such a big part of the sport. And I, it's as JT said yesterday, you know, long overdue. But you know what? Let's look forward. And let's look forward to having a network that you know, we get to be a part of. And now a few million more people are going to have a chance to see it. And let me just say, Jerry, real quickly, because I have a chance to work with the two of you guys and Omar, people that haven't seen the show. I mean, you guys are just incredibly good at what you do and you make our show so much fun and not just informative about baseball which I know the fans turn into but they also tune in to be I don't know maybe entertained a little bit and I think both of you guys and no more you bring a certain entertainment value to the shows that you make us all laugh you make me laugh on a daily basis so and I think that's something that comes through the people that have been able to watch our shows Jerry you probably have gotten this reaction they comment to me all the time you guys have such a great chemistry together seems like you really like each other you get along and when you guys are on the set, it just seems like it's friends who are hanging out talking about the Dodgers and baseball. And that's kind of the way it is. You know, John, when we had this conversation my first year being an analyst, you know, the one thing I always wanted is when I'm done playing, I want to have that same camaraderie that I had on a baseball team when yeah. I come in to be a broadcaster. And that's one thing you just touched on, John. We have that, whether it's Alana, whether it's Oral, Nomar, Joe Davis, Ned, guys that come into the mix, we all bring a certain type of whether it's expertise with obviously Ned being a, a successful GM, John being one of the best broadcasters around, Alana, same thing, Joe Davis, Earl Hershiser, MVP of the World Series, Nomar Garcia, one of the best hitters in all of baseball, myself, one of the greatest all-around athletes the game has ever seen. We all have, we all have <laughs> some sort Thanks for working that in there. That was good you worked that in there. We all have something that not only do we bring the table, but we really get along. We definitely care about each other. And John, I said this yesterday, being in Scottsdale, Arizona, 
I have direct TV and I got a chance to see you on my screen. You look younger in Arizona. I don't know how that was possible. But you really look younger on my TV screen here in Scottsdale. <laughs> well, I told that's that's funny. I told you I said, I think because I haven't been able to go to the hair salon, like my hair is like really long. It's kind of out of control. I got more grays that are showing now. So I'm probably looking a little bit older now than I would during the regular season, at least when I was in Arizona just a few weeks ago. You know, Back to the playing surface. You know, we acquired two really good players. We'll start, first start off with David Price, a former ace. Now he's asked to be a number two, number three starter in the Dodge rotation. How do you think, when we get back to playing, how do you think he will fit in our rotation? I think he's going to be a big addition to it. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, you go first, Ned. You're the GM. I think he's going to be a big addition to the group. I think when you think about pitching in the American League East, you've got nine hitters. You don't have a National League type lineup. You've got teams that have really been built for offense that he would see a vast majority of the game. So I think that helps him. I think being around a guy like Kershaw helps him. I think being around a guy like David Price is going to help Kershaw. I think Walker Bueller, you're talking about two Vanderbilt alums, Walker Bueller and David Price. So I think you adding another quality guy pitch some big games, knows what the heat's like, knows what the expectations are. I think whenever you add somebody like that, it's a good thing. And I think the big thing with David Price, Jerry, is going to be the health. I mean, it's something that has been kind of hanging over him off and on the last few years. He, he had the cyst removed last year on his wrist that he mentioned it had been bothering him at times going back to his days in Tampa. Yet when he's healthy, even a couple of years ago when he was with the Red Sox, he had a great year. And last year when he actually felt good, he was pitching really well. So if you have a healthy David Price, even at age 34, whatever he is right now, he's still one of the best left-handed starters we have in the game today. So if he's healthy, he's going to be a huge asset for this rotation. Absolutely. And, John, in this question, I'll start with you, and then, Ned, you will follow. We talked about, John, the last couple of years. We said, what do the Dodgers need? And they were obviously loaded with left-handed hitting. And we always talk about they need that one stud right-handed bat. In comes Mookie Betts. Uh, yeah. AL MVP a few years ago. How do is you he good? He's pretty good. How do you see him fitting in to the Dodger lineup? Well, first of all, he's going to sit there at the top of the lineup. I got to believe. And there has been some talk that maybe he'll bat second and Jock Peterson could lead off against right-handed pitching. I don't know if that would happen or not, but either way, top of the order, batting first or second. This is the guy who led all of baseball and runs scored each of the last two years. And he's going to have... The guys hitting behind him, like Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, those guys are going to have base runners or a base runner, Mookie Betts, on so often. And you know, Jerry, very well, once a pitcher gets into trouble, things tend to happen. And those guys are going to be salivating, getting a lot of at-bats, RBI stake opportunities. And Mookie Betts is going to have a ripple effect down that entire lineup for the Dodgers. Absolutely. I think it's rare to have a what they call a five-tool player. I think in the case of Cody Bellinger, certainly you've got a very young five-tool player, probably a six-tool player for intellect as you add that to the group. They have two of them, and that's Mookie Betts as well. They have two of them on one team in one lineup and one outfield. Boy, that is that is so rare to have that type of – it's rare to have that type of talent, period, let alone to have two of them. And I think that people are in for a great, great run watching him play because there's nothing he can't do. And it's not like he's just an offensive player or just a defensive player or just kind of a threat on a base path. The entire game, he brings all the time. Yeah, you guys did a great job of addressing the offensive impact Boogie Betts will have. And, Ned, you know this too. When a pitcher can see guys out there behind him, 
that have range and can make plays behind them, their confidence <laughs> elevates. Knowing you have Cody Bellinger, who has great range in center field, and Mookie Betts, who's got excellent range in right field, and then you have Jock Peterson, who's a really good left fielder, and A.J. Pollock as well. You have guys that, if I make a mistake, they'll go get the ball and pick me up. So I think the pitching staff will benefit from our defense and obviously the, on the offensive side of the ball. You have Mookie Betts, right-handed stud with power and speed. He gets on base, then the lineup gets a whole lot better. And I know as a hitter, when I have speed in, at first base ahead of me, I know I'm going to get better pitches to hit. And I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of power, but I knew I could at least get a single or a double. And then the studs behind me, JT, Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, on down the line. These guys are going to really, really benefit. We set a record for home runs last year. I have a feeling, obviously, the games aren't going to be like 162, but this offense is going to be tough to beat. Yeah, it depends which baseball we're going to see as well, because the Dodgers, very realistically, they could have five guys hit 30 home runs this year if we have the same baseball as last year, because Mookie Betts has hit 30 in his career, and Justin Turner, they already had three other guys hit 30 last year. JT, if he doesn't injure the ankle in September, he finishes three shy of 30. He probably reaches that mark as well. The lineup is ridiculous from top to bottom. We still don't even know what Gavin Lux can do in a whole regular season, or a guy like Will Smith. Who knows what those guys will bring to this table? But when we sit here right now, the lineup looks scary good to me. I think this is the best lineup Mookie Betts has ever been a part of, too. Boston Red Sox, we know they're world champions, all that. But that lineup, he got down to seven and eight and nine, and it was it was a little bit uh, not not as robust, let's say, or not as deep as this Dodger lineup. But there is, we talked about it all last year. There's no weak outs in this lineup. For a pitcher, it's tough. You talk about a pitcher having confidence because he looks in his outfield and he sees guys that can really go get it. Well, you look at this lineup as a pitcher on the opposite side, and you're wondering how you're going to get through it. And now you add Mookie Betts to it, and as you said, you heard at the beginning. You know, right-handed power was something that maybe they could have used a little bit more of. Now they've got that, too. This lineup has got great balance to it, left-handed, right-handed. It knows how to attack a pitching staff. I think it's going to be a year better than last year. Won't be as many games, obviously, but the quality of the team is better than it was a year ago. I'm sure all you guys can also say you cannot wait to see this Dodger team take the field, whether it's no fans in the stands at the start we just want to see Dodger base. Really, we really just want to see all sports. Guys, thanks for your time on Caught Looking. I'm going to get you out of here. You can make sure to follow these guys on Twitter as well, but you can always see John Hartong and Ned Coletti. When Ned's not at a hockey game, you can see him on Sports.LA. Guys, thanks for your time. We'll see you soon. You're welcome, Jay Hare. Thanks, Jay Hare. See you guys. Yeah, great to see you as the point guard for once, too, Jay Hare. <laughs>